Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. You let, me finish, you let me finish your famous line right there. Thank you. I like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my bad, man. I must be out of it. My bad. <laughs> it's Thursday, man. Thursday. Oh, yeah. Oh, today is a special day. It's episode 201 of your favorite favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Home Away, Uber, Lyft, Share Economy, all that fun stuff, podcast in the world. And we have a special guest, Micah. Who we got, Stevie Stacks? We got the great Adam Johnson. He's back. Ooh. What's up, fellas? I'm <laughs> glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. I don't know about the great, but uh, I'm definitely happy to be part of y'all's show, man. Especially 201, that's big time. So I'm, glad, I'm proud to be a part of that. You say you're not great, but but at least the beard is great. You got to admit that. <laughs> it's a great accessory. Yeah, it, it is what it is, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. It keeps I, the neck warm. I, I, used to be, I used to be the investor with the funny hat. Now I'm the investor with the beard, and that's who I am now. <laughs> Nice. It still don't have very much white going on on it, so no grays. So it's doing all right. My wife tells me I'm blessed all the time regarding <laughs> the beard. So I'm I'm gonna run with it, man. Keeps her happy and ma- makes me happy. Awesome, man. Adam Johnson is back, and your your last episode was fire. I mean, you you really put it on us with that subject too, with mm-hmm. the Airbnbs, with the direct bookings. I mean, you 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 went hard in the paint on that episode. How are you gonna top this one? Man, we're going harder. Uh, everything we've been doing for the last, you know, four or five years, like everybody else, like we, you know, we're never we're never set in our ways. We're always learning from week to week to month to month. I was just talking to Micah offline uh, about our experience the last two months or so with Airbnb and that kind of stuff with the low season. So we're always learning. We're always taking a bumps and bruises and always trying to kind of refine our our procedures to make us that much more efficient, that much a little bit better every week to week. Yeah. Hmm. yeah man so l- let's hop into it man because i know it was probably uh, a year ago it was probably two years ago we had because i think we were on right when the pandemic hit right yeah uh, yeah, yeah yes right when it started yeah man so what have you been up to in those two years man man so uh, a lot of traveling uh, mm-hmm. uh as we were talking offline with this with this covid uh for whatever reason people airbnb blew up uh as soon as you know the restrictions kind of let off people wanted to go travel they wanted to get away from the people they've been stuck in the house with <laughs> and uh 2020 was our biggest year to that point 2021 <laughs> was bigger than that year and 2022 is looking to be bigger than the previous two years so hmm. um we're again we're always refining especially with our pricing strategy with our calendar management strategy we're always like looking to a little, little fine tune and man just get a little bit more efficient a little bit better Oh, got a question for you then on the pricing, man, and the strategy, because we talked about, you know, having the bad guests and lowering yeah. prices. What did you learn in those last two months, you know, when you're in that slow season? Yeah, so with 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 the B&B and the travel industry, you're going to have your your high months, your low months. Um, 
low months, you know, that calendar not being booked out like it is traditionally in the, in the typically in the high months, you have a lot more white space in your calendar. And white space can be a little bit scary, but we still have bills to pay. So like most people, we, you drop the prices a little bit. Um, we dropped ours a little bit as well, maybe a little bit more than we should have. We end up getting less than desirable guests. Uh, not all. We, we probably had about 150 guests over the last two and a half months and probably four or five terrible experiences which is a high rate for us usually we usually we'll have one bad experience over a four or five month period dealing um with with uh, a better quality of, of client because our prices are generally higher so <clears throat> i made the, the decision next year uh january february time frame man we'll drop our prices a little bit but we'll, i would rather i would rather have 25 30 percent um non-occupied non-occupancy with better clients than i would to have 85 percent higher occupancy with terrible clients so it's not always about the money it's not it's not always better to get clients i, I generally personally don't get, i don't put too much weight on occupancy i care more about profitability that's why my rates are a little bit higher i have a little bit less occupancy rate and i and i we kill that way um so next year we'll we'll do without before i deal with bad tenants again but we'll do without bad guests you know, you're speaking of bad guests and what I, what I love, and I'm not really on social media too much anymore, but, you know, I got away for a little bit, but what I used to love is watching your videos when you just like in your car talking to, you know, talking to the phone <laughs> and you, and I think one of them, you talked about a bad guest you had to go, you had to go handle up on. And um, <laughs> that was, Man. that was a cool one. Many times. So you know, we all know how Airbnb is, you know, they don't, they're not, they don't care. It's not their house. So if you have a problem with their guests or something, they can be 48 hours before they respond. By that time, they've already either done more damage or they've already took the till and ran. Um, we don't operate like that. You know, those are my property. Those are my assets. I'm going to protect my stuff. And if I have to knock on the door, put somebody out, that's what we're going to do. It's that simple. I, I have no problem um, doing that. Now, I'm not saying I'm some big tough guy, not like that, but that's our that's our, that's our business. That's our livelihood. And we're not going to deal with, you know, um, any, anybody being disrespectful to the property, to the guests, to my cleaners, to our, our team, uh, loud and obnoxious, breaking rules, having parties. We're just not going to deal with it. It's that simple. And if you don't like it, then don't book with us. Mm. So uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. What's the, what's the best way to get someone out that doesn't, that's, that's talking a lot of noise. I mean, uh, without it escalating too crazy. So, I mean, most people, and I do say most, not all, most people, uh, once you just simply say, hey, look, here's our house rules that we've agreed to. Here's what we've identified as an issue. Um, you know, please be aware and not let it continue. Most people, that's a respectful way to approach them. And they're more than likely going to receive that as, you know what, you're right. We were a little bit offline. Let, let's fix ourselves. It's that very few percentage that want to kind of be, uh, you know, I guess tough guy or pushback or no, it wasn't. And we have, uh, we have surveillance camera on the outside and that kind of stuff. Um, um, so we have eyes on the property and the camera never lies. The camera never lies. Uh, I, we, we had an issue one time, two or three years ago where a lady had rented the property for her two daughters and her niece where they were sneaking boys in. Um, and just at one time they did not block the camera and it stuck the boys in and I, I called the lady, let her know what was going on. And, and the girl swore that they, that was not, I was lying. It wasn't true, blah, blah, blah. And the lady was like, our daughters would never do that. They would never do that kind of stuff. And I simply said, ma'am, everyone is an angel until they're caught on camera. 
(laughs) 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 So the initial that pissed her off, and I sent her the little ring wink to the ring camera. Boy, she apologized and said, Mr. Johnson, thank you so much, because they had no idea. So um, do your, you know, have have your surveillance camera on the exterior, have your your rules in black and white. Um, Now we have an assistant, and my assistant calls everybody before they check in. Uh, just to confirm that they've read the house rules, make sure they have no questions. And even we have it in writing on Airbnb thread or even my uh, my direct booking site. Please confirm you've read the house rules. And once I get that, yep, we confirm. After, the, after that, I, you, we know, you know, I know, we know, whether you read them or not, you are now liable. Simple as that. Mm. Man. Now, what, now, what type of guests, because it sounds like to get away from that party scene, because I've been going to mid and long term, what how, what length of stay do you prefer in your properties? Yeah, man. So I prefer four four days or longer. That's how I set up our our promo. You know, so you we may have ours listed two hundred dollars a night. Uh, you know, for example, and we want a hundred dollars a night. So I may set mine up where every night is two hundred dollars, but if you book for four nights, you get a fifty percent discount. Mm. That breaks it. So that's mm. how we. That's a man. We've been doing that. Those are not my exact numbers, but I've been I've been incentivizing my desired length of stay. And we kill that way. Mm. Now, if you want to book for two nights and pay six fifty for two nights, you can. I, I'm not going to tell you no, but that's not what we're looking for. I'm looking for that longer stay because the two nights, that's a weekend. The three nights, that's a long weekend. Most people that are doing four nights or longer, they're there to, to visit family on post on Fort Campbell here to, uh, to, to, for an event, for something like that. But I get a, I, I we try to get away from those two and three nighters, especially on the weekends. So it's just like the government, you know, the government will have tax rules to, to, to kind of steer us in a certain way. I have promotion codes and that kind of stuff to steer my desired guests to us. And it's been it's been very beneficial. We've been doing that for about two years and I've been very beneficial using that strategy. How do you do the promo codes? Um, so. I use Hostly and then uh, on Airbnb as well. When I used to do, I used to do Airbnb, um, but now it's in my Hostly site. It's as simple as saying uh, for four days, they get a 50% discount. It's, just, it's that simple. And that, if, if you book for four days or more, you get a 50% discount. So again, easy numbers. If I'm putting $200 a night and you book for three nights, that's $600. But if you book for four nights, well, that's 400. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that longer stay plus plenty fees and extra stuff as well. And, and so that's how we incentivize the length of set we want. So we do a four night discount and then a 15 night discount. Mm. So you'll get X for four nights and X for 15 nights or longer. Now, do you ever get someone to, to book an extra day or two just for the discount and then leave early? Nope. No? Never have. Um, because when, when they're searching, they're not searching for, that's not how a population is going to search. So, so when you're on Airbnb or Hostly or whatever, VRBO, most people nine out of 10 times are going to put from the third to the fifth. They're going to put the dates that they're looking for. So they don't even know. They can't even see that it's cheaper to stay another day. So again, I'm, and I don't want them to know that if, if that's the, if you're looking for that two days, I don't want you. Now, if you want to come stay with me and pay the full price, by all means, that's, that's your prerogative. And I'm not going to say no, um, but they won't know to stay an extra day to get that discount and leave. Okay, because I thought you were doing like a promo code four days and a half price. No, or... no, 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 no. Okay. No, it's it's a. I guess it's uh, I, the guests can't even see it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they can't see it. But so again, if you're if you're on my website and you and you put in three days, you see a, a larger price. But if you if so, right. you may not want to stay with me, and that's fine. I want I want you to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But if you're on my site looking for six days and you and you pass that four day threshold for the big discount, 
you're definitely gonna want to stay with me you're basically manipulating the calendar to get the guests you want exactly yeah that's that's exactly. the way i do it as well so yeah. like if you stay five nights you get a discount you stay three you're gonna exactly. pay more but i really don't even want you there because i know you're there for leisure purposes 100 percent. that's a fact man yep now you brought up host for, oh go ahead michael your turn no oh, no no go ahead that's Cause I know you were going with, cause you started talking about hostfully. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're looking into into hopping on to hostfully because we we've been using um, uh, hospitable, and yeah. so and and so we we I don't know we we um my partner Federico had a talk with the with the hostfully team. He really likes what they're doing. Do you, you like host? You like hostfully, and you like their direct booking capabilities. I, I love Hostfleet. Uh, we started with them about two and a half, three years ago, and they were still starting up lots of bugs in the system, lots of issues early on. I mean, I was on uh, customer support all the time going back and forth. Um, since then, they fixed a lot, a lot of stuff. It still is not perfect, but I don't know if any, it's way better than Airbnb. It's not perfect, but I control it. And that's what, that's what I care about. I want to control my properties, my guests, my transaction, my house rules, my eviction process. I want I want my stuff to be in place. Um, I love it. It's a great channel manager. It talks to uh, Verbo and Airbnb right now. We, we've had lots of complications trying to get on booking.com. It's just, my goodness, it's just hard right now uh, for those two. And, and booking.com rep told me that hostly they have issues communicating. So that's one drawback, but there's a hundred positives with hostly that I'm, I, I support it. And I'm gonna keep re I'm gonna use them until they kick me off the site. I love I love it. You can you can uh, brand your stuff, put your website up, or uh, you can change the URL. You can put your logo up there. You make it yours. Mm, nice. Now, does it have an app that you can control it from anywhere, like a, a mobile app? No. It doesn't. No, it's just, just on my phone. I have the desktop version on my phone, but okay. yeah, there's no app yet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So do you nice. have like a? Do you have a VA in there controlling everything or like an assistant? Yeah, my, I have my assistant. He's in there doing all that stuff as well. So, yeah, my assistant runs the probably 85% of the admin stuff. I, I I deal with any kind of complications, but he's on autopilot as well. Like I trained him up. Um, I, I, I generated about 10 or 12 little PowerPoint presentations on if this happens, then you do this, drawing circles, hyperlinks. Like I made it stupid simple so that mm -hmm. any, I, I can hand to you right now and feel very confident that you can handle my Airbnb business. Oh, like that's, yes. that's how, that's, that's that army in me. They taught me to be so damn detailed <laughs> that no one can mess it up. So, <laughs> and that's how it is. Like it's, it's so stupid, simple that you can't. Matter of fact, when I started building it, I put my, my daughter, she was 13 at the time. I said, sweetie, here's your task. Here's your instructions. And she went down the little PowerPoint bam the everything i needed her to do so and that's how that's how you have to do it so that a middle school kid can run at least administratively take care of some tasks take care of your administrative tasks and that's how we set ours up okay man that's a, that's the best way to do it now let's jump into the weeds man so how many properties are you up to now man we uh 23 bnbs and we have i can't i can't say on air we got a lot of uh, long-term rentals as well okay so yeah 23. I, yeah so your 23 B&Bs are those houses, apartments? All single family residential. All SFR. Only one of them is um, arbitrage. Only one of them. That's the way to do it, man, in my opinion. So what? Who now, with you having the 23 all single family, man, what does your team consist of to manage all that? Man, it's so, it's very underwhelming. 
We have two cleaners, my assistant. I got two handymen on call. And anything outside of that, we deal with on a special case to case basis. It is that damn simple. We 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 manage that. My, my wife manages our calendar as far as the cleaning purposes. So uh, our two cleaners have their load per day that what they can and cannot do, um, and we'll block our calendar to to alleviate any uh, to any additional stress on them. So for example, if we only want them to do no more than two cleanings a day, but we have five checkouts on that day. We'll block that day. We'll roll that cleaning over for the next day because we have that control. We can control that. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that works beautifully for us. We have two cleaners. We keep them happy. We keep them busy. Um, my handyman's busy. And like I said, my assistant dealing with the admin stuff, we, we're out and about a lot. We're traveling a lot, and the business never slows down. You know, that's, that's interesting that you, you kind of – you kind of help out the cleaners by not over overwhelming them. Exactly. So you found two that you really, really like. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, we can take on more, you know, more uh, turnovers. If I get another cleaner, throw another cleaner in the mix. Uh, you, you, you're happy with your two and you're going to, and your worker, what, what they can do. We have two amazing cleaners and you got to realize too, that the more people you have, there are more points of failure. Mm. So if I have two, because to get those two, we went through 20. I'm not exaggerating. To get those two, yeah. we went through 20 terrible situations. Yeah. So now that we got those two and they they know the SOPs, the procedures, they know exactly the, the standard of, of everything that we do. They know how to report. We use uh, the Monday app for scheduling purposes and tasking purposes. They know how to upload stuff on that scheduling app and everything. Everything runs like, like smooth butter. And <clears throat> we keep them happy. They know they can call me anytime. They can call my wife anytime. And no, we don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to overwork them. I want to keep them happy. Uh, but also we, we, they have bills to pay as well. So we have to manage that calendar to also benefit them because it's not just us. Like mm -hmm. I, I tell people all the time, the business is bigger than me. I have other people to worry about besides me. So I got to keep them happy because they have bills to pay. They have family to feed and that kind of stuff. And, and it's more than just me being free, me being happy. It's everybody involved. And we treat this as a team, not as a, as a company. It is a team effort. Now, and I'm not just saying that to be on air. That's how I talk to them. That's how they talk to me. I'm just a head coach. But we, we make sure this team is taken care of. Mm. Now, are your cleaners full-time working for you? Yep. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. And, no. and they love it because, you know, like, <clears throat> they're stay-at-home moms. So they're, so they're home with their kids. They, uh, you know, we, we have a window from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. is our checking in checkout window. They can knock out two houses, make a couple hundred dollars sometimes a day, a couple hundred dollars a week, pay all their damn bills and, and a lot more, and still have that family time and not miss anything with the family. And they love it. And, and I'm proud to be to be able to have that set up for them. I'm, I'm proud to be able to give them that, that opportunity. And they love it. Mm. Awesome. Now, I'll go ahead. No, they never asked for more. Like, is they, they want more units to take on or something like that. No, um, and they understand, like, you know, they understand that there's a slow time and, and, and what we deal with that, you know, if we need to, uh, we're not opposed to giving out bonuses. Like we, again, we understand that for me, for me to ask you to work for us only exclusively, you have bills to pay. And if there's a slow week because all of our homes are booked out for a long time, we, we can, we can supplement that. Like, we help our girls out. We help our, our cleaners out because they're so damn good to us. We're good to them as well. Mm, I love that, man. And your handyman, are they are they working for you full-time as well? No, no, no. 
How does um, that I, work? That's a good one. So, so, so one of my, I have one of my guys. He's he's retired military. Has nothing. He, he just wants he wants something on the side occasionally. So I, anything comes up, I'll hit him up. And and he's like me, and and I appreciate that he has a level of what he can and cannot do because not everybody's good at everything. So anytime a contractor says, oh, I can do everything, no, they can't. That's not possible. So my man has his level of what he's capable of doing, and I throw him uh, all the bones we can get out to him to, to keep him happy as well. But he's, he's not the kind of guy that is, is eating off this money. This is extra fun money for him, and he's really good at what he does. The bigger contractors are the bigger jobs, and those are scheduling and, and getting on their calendar and all that kind of fun stuff for, for big-ticket items, which happens quite frequently. We're, we're – um, yeah, when you have a lot of houses, there's going to be those big ticket items occasionally. But no, my handyman do not work for us exclusively. Man, I love how you brought that up about contractors being honest. That is a huge thing, man. I, I finally got a contractor that I've been using on my last two rehabs, and he straight up tell you, "Good, I do not do good plumbing, and I don't do electric." I was like, "Bet I got that covered." <laughs> you know, honestly, man, that, that is a huge thing. A contractor that's honest, those ones who say they do everything. They're lying. <laughs> so it, it, here's, here's why I tell them when they say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. What what are you not good at? That's why I asked them when I, when I, when I first little interaction, like, cool, I'm glad you do all this, this, and that. What do you not like to do? And when I ask uh, my, my main guy now, when I ask him that, it kind of he's like, well, um, I, I, I really don't like to do carpet. Please don't ask me to do carpet. I said, fine, you'll never do carpet for me. Not a problem, man. Thank <laughs> you is... for being honest. You will never touch carpet for me, ever. I appreciate the honesty. Anything you're not good at or not comfortable with, I would rather find somebody else. Like, there, I won't look at you any differently for telling me that you're not comfortable. I look <laughs> at you more in a positive manner because you're being honest. Thanks. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy yeah. dealing with contractors. That is, that, that is a different... That's a different world altogether. Dealing with it contracts. Really it's funny when you get a handyman on something they really don't like to do. They're doing it, and then they, you hear from them all frustrated. I've been at this thing for eight hours, and yeah, <laughs> pissed off. And like, do what? I should. I didn't know it. You didn't know how to do that, tell man. I'm me, sorry. Bro. You got to tell me, man. I it's not my fault. <laughs> exactly. That's that's why I say, what do you not like to do? Just let me know up front. That way we never have that awkward conversation. Like you just said, I've been here for nine hours, two days. It, why? <laughs> so you the made that to yourself, bro. Yeah, you should have told me. <laughs> why? Now, now, do you believe in like putting any like home warranties on your on your houses or home shield or anything? So, no. Uh, we tried that twice and home shield. A lot of those companies will just keep putting band-aids on big problems. Mm -hmm. They'll keep, they'll ever, they'll replace a fan shroud and stuff, the entire damn HVAC. So, you, so it looks new, but it's not, they just want to keep putting a bandaid on it. So part of our accounting is we have money for those big tickets. Like that's, that's, that's to the side. We don't touch it. We don't talk about it. We don't look at it. It's over there. So when that, when, when the HVAC goes out, there it is. We got it. You know, that kind of, we, we have a pot of money for those, those uh, big expenditures like that. But no, I've, I've found very little value for those home shield, those, uh, those one-year warranty type things that you renew, very little value. Now, let's go further into it. You said you got 23 single family homes. How did you go about acquiring those 23 and how'd you build up to that with you owning all of them? Yeah, man. So all, every all well, 22 of the 23 BNBs are all the ones that we purchased on uh, the subject two method that I've talked about before. And I, and I, I love, love, love talking subject two. And I'll talk about, and then the one is rental arbitrage, which is like the, that's the sexy, fun way to buy how to, to get Airbnbs now. Mm -hmm. Um, but the 22 of them were purchased subject to, 
uh, over about a – we bought 50 homes over about a four-and-a-half-year period. And what we what we realized, and this is just uh, – this is politically incorrect. I'm going to say it anyway. We realized that the, the smaller the home, the lower the rent, the worse the damn tenant, the, the worse the long-term mm-hmm. tenant. You would think a eight or $900 more uh, rent would be more easy to pay versus a $1,500 rent. It's not the case at all. The people that qualify for $1,500 have their stuff together. The person that qualifies for $900 that's 35 years old with three kids still hasn't figured out life yet. And it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It is what it is. It's it true. is what it is. So, so saying that, all the giant problems we're having with the smaller homes, you know, if you rent a a thousand square foot house and your deposit's only 900 because rent's 900, 900 does not cover a terrible turnover, does not cover flooring and paint and applying our fixtures. It does not. So we were losing money a lot of times on a long-term rental turnover. So my wife said, Hey, let's make this one little house, little Airbnb. The mortgage was like 550 a month, PITI, not a big expenditure. Um, Turned into Airbnb. It took us three weeks. Didn't know what the hell we were doing. Had no idea how to fix an Airbnb up. Um, and instantly started booking. Instantly. Uh, we had a the we had an eclipse here um, two, uh, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we got our second unit up right before that eclipse. That eclipse rented for $800 Ooh. a night for three nights. Ooh. And I said, man, if we had 23 of those houses at that time, I wouldn't be here. I've been retired. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Y'all would not see me. But so, so we just built over time. Subject to new acquisition, learn hard lessons about long-term rentals with the smaller homes, made them to Airbnbs. Man, that, that made our life. So there's more moving pieces with Airbnbs, cleaners, handyman, but the house is checked on every week. My cleaner's in there. Somebody's in there every single week. The maintenance issues are tiny because anything that's, that goes wrong, we, adju- we, fix- we fix it or address it immediately instead of that leaky faucet, leaky toilet going nine months because that terrible tenant don't want to talk to me because they're behind on paper. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It is what it is. I learned hard lessons the hard way. Mm. That's kind of how I try to come out the um, the arbitrage house places. You know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm a renter too. I mean, I'm a landlord too, and I'd much rather rent my house out this way than have someone in there that's going to be there for a year that doesn't tell me about some leak somewhere. And it's a huge issue when I finally get when they get out of the house. And said, so that that's helped me a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so subject two, man, uh, you love talking about subject two. How, do, how does do. how does subject two work to people that didn't hear the first episode? Okay. How does subject two work? Too easy, man. Uh, I, I'm going to explain it like like a like your kindergartner, because that's how it was broken down to me because I did not understand a lot of concepts. So subject two, all right, you have two uh, separate vehicles here. You have a, um, a mortgage, which shows financial responsibility. And you have a deed, which shows actual ownership. They're not the same thing. They don't have to have the same names on them. They're not the same thing. So what subject two means that I can purchase a property. The deed will transfer from Mr. and Mrs. Smith to my business, Johnson Property Investments. The mortgage will stay in Mr. and Mrs. Smith's name, and then my business will then pay that mortgage directly to Wells Fargo, Penny Mac, whoever, directly indefinitely. So I'm able to purchase a home subject to the owner financing staying in place. Again, deed, mortgage, ownership, responsibility, deed transfers, I'm a new owner, mortgage says where it's at, I then pay that mortgage directly to the uh, to Wells Fargo, whoever it is, until either I sell that home uh, cash out refi or pay the note off altogether. Mm. 
So you can cash out refi on those subject two homes. I'm about to this summer. Mm. Yes, sir. That's a that's a play. Okay, so and, and then I'm buying half of Clarksville. I'm buying all this when I cash out <laughs> refi now. <laughs> all okay. of it. All no, I'm kidding. See, I love that, man. I, I'm because I'm real big on the burst strategy, and I, I, I watch a lot of Pace Morby, man, and he's real big on sub two. And I'm thinking about doing some sub two myself. I just haven't jumped into it, but I like the way you explained it. So, on those sub two deals, it keeps your DTI extremely low, correct? I, almost no. Yeah, I have no DTI. <sighs> like I'm saying, talking about lendability, I if I can get what I need to get. If I need to go get some money, we can get that money. Mm. And you have a high because you use an Airbnb. You have a high income. Then you have no debt. Oh man, I love that. Yes, sir. I love that. Yes, sir. So, so in a, in a scorching hot market like we're in, right, mm. where where you put something and you get twenty bids for it right away, why would somebody do the subject two with you when they can just go throw it on the market and sell it? So right now is very, much less likely than it was four years ago for subject two. Still, uh, to buy a home sub two, there's still homes out there that the the homeowners are behind on payments and the, the the house needs repairs and what the what the house has appreciated still won't cover closing costs and repairs so those those are far and few between but right now my my i can say new strategy my my plan b is lease options so even though because right now homes are appreciating man 10 12 percent in 12 15 months like it's ridiculous mm -hmm. So the reason I was buying subject two houses like wildfire four years ago is because four years ago in my area, it would take a home about five, six, seven years to appreciate 10, 12%. Why is that number significant? Because I can seller, I'm sorry, uh, sellers were paying closing costs. So, and that 3% for their realtor, 3% for the buying realtor and three and a half to 4% for closing fees and that kind of stuff. So that's 10%. Well, the houses weren't appreciating 10%, like I said, for less than four or five years. What was happening is lots of soldiers, they buy a house and they have to leave 18 months later, two and a half years later. Um, oh, by the way, they did their own little DIY stuff. They didn't do, they didn't maintain the home. Um, they bought a new charger, didn't pay their mortgage. They're behind on payment now. So we just started helping them out. Like, hey, man, I'll catch you up. I'll fix that leaky roof, blah, 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 and started acquiring these homes. Fast forward to today where those homes are appreciating that ridiculous amount, that 10% in eight months. So it's, it's crazy what's happening. I can still offer today's market value on a lease option. So if the house is worth $400,000 right now, I can say, look, I'll pay you $400,000, but within the next five years. So they give me that five-year lease option time to go get me a buyer. I'm, I'm going to sell that. If I can get the house under contract on a lease option for $400,000, I can sell that house on a lease option to my incoming buyer for probably like 460, 470, 480, depending on a few factors. And I have five years to find that incoming buyer. So different market, different tactics, different techniques, different type of seller right now. Now, and I, I keep saying though, this market cannot rise forever. Nothing can rise forever. And mm -hmm. when it, I don't, I don't think, who am I? I don't think this market is going to crash. I do think it's going to cap. It cannot continue to rise the way it is. I think when it does cap with the next six to nine to 12 months, you'll see, you'll start seeing houses instead of being on the market for two days uh, and getting 15 offers, you'll see two months. You'll, you'll start seeing that longer time mm -hmm. on market. And that's when people become a little more uh, motivated to get rid of. So 
it's going to be a minute. It's going to be another year or so before that market caps. It's just my opinion. Again, who am I? But when it does, people are going to start panicking again, just like they did a couple of years ago, and they're going to need out of that mortgage. They're going to need, when they've already moved on, they're going to need to have this house here in Clarksville taken care of while they're out somewhere else. And I'm going to go back to what I used to do, buying three or four houses a month. Mm. So on that lease option right quick. So you get you agree to like, okay, five years or four or five years, you know, you're going to lease it. And then um, you have to buy it within that five years. But by then you could like, you know, sell that lease contract to someone else, like you said. So for more, because the market keeps going up now um, in that, in the meantime, are you Airbnb in those houses? Yep. If it's a smaller home, yes. If it's a bigger home, traditional rental. Okay. So, okay. So Airbnb doesn't, isn't really work for the, for the bigger homes for you. For us, no. I, I know a lot of people that, that only use bigger homes and luxury homes, and that's fine. We have a fantastic model with our three bed, two baths, 1,100 square foot to 1,900 square foot. We have a fantastic model with what we do. And the bigger homes, the way I look at it, again, it's just the way we run our business. The bigger homes means more people, which means more maintenance and that kind of stuff. Mm. The bigger homes, I love to just let them, I love to get them put a tenant in there and never hear from them. Mm. I love to just get checks every on the fifth of each month. First to the fifth, I get my checks or my little building payout. That's, that's how we run ours. I know a lot of people that only do bigger homes and that's fine. Um, it's just not for us. It's not, it doesn't fit our model. I like that because you now found a happy medium. Exactly. You know those bigger homes are going to be bringing in a bunch of parties. Why deal with the headache? Take the yes. small home, turn it into an Airbnb. Now you have a better, you have a, two better tenants. You have a better Airbnb client and a better long-term tenant. That is something to think about. That's what <laughs> it, it took us years to get there, bro. It took us years of trial and error, but that, that is that, that what you just said is exactly our model. And it's so smooth. It, it, it fits our scheme. It fits what we're looking for. Mm, I like that. It's kind of like the law of diminishing returns, right? Yes. Not yeah. not everything is, in my opinion, not everything is an Airbnb. That's just my not a house. You know, people think I'm gonna keep getting more and more houses, Airbnb, Airbnb. That's not what I do. when when a phone call comes in, I I, I get my, <clears throat> my 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 data points on that on that home, and I already know if that's a 2200 square foot five bedroom house. No, that's a long term tenant for me. Mm. For me. Now I know other people that would make those five independent home or uh, rooms into five independent Airbnbs and running like that. I'm like, that's you, bro. I'm not, I'm not about that life. I don't want, I would never want multiple families in one Airbnb. That's just not for me. The liability in that. Now some people do, you guys may do that. It's not for me. You know what though? I I'm happy you bring this up. Cause right now all my homes, ain't none of them over 2000 square feet. And I'm about to start my first one. That is 3000 square feet. And it might be a potential party house. So I'm like, mm, I might have to think about it, but it, it, it's, it's a lakefront property though. So it's like, it's a lakefront property, older neighborhood. And I'm not thinking maybe you should just put a long-term tenant in there. You know, teach his own man, teach his own. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know what, we all know about surveillance cameras. We all know about strong house rules, signing waivers. We all know that kind of stuff, man. I, I, you, you, we all know you'll make a lot more money on Airbnb, but it's also... There's also the, the presence of mind of just, it works without me having to deal with it. I know I put Mr. and Mrs. Smith in there. They're, they're a 45-year-old couple. They got little grand, grandbabies. Not a lot's happening with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And I like that. I like that, man. So 
there's more than just making money. It's got to fit your system as well. And like I, yeah, and I feel like it's lo- business longevity as well. Yes. It goes wrong. I got some long-term rental- rentals over here, you know. Uh, yeah. and that's kind of like when me and Steve, we were looking at a multifamily and they were like, ah, oh, the neighborhood. I'm like, well, turn into it. He goes, the neighborhood is not good. I'm like, well, turn things into some long-term rentals, man. <laughs> yes. yes. It's, it's funny. I, I kind of look at it that way too, because I have, uh, you know, five houses, four of them are long-term rentals. And, um, and I, I always consider that those are my bonds, right? Those are my savings bonds. Whereas my Airbnbs are my, my small cap stocks, you know, it's going to shoot up or whatever, but those savings yep. bonds are always there to, to protect my, you know, my rear end. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, so you've seen, I'm sure, you know, you can't just say, okay, uh, I'm doing subject to, I'm doing lease options without having made or seen a bunch of different scenarios, making a bunch of different mistakes in the past. Right. I mean, it, I'm sure you've been through some crazy stuff and I want to get into that crazy stuff. But okay. one thing, one thing that's on my mind is like, okay, you started this a few years ago. And um, so you got someone's house locked up and you can locked it up for a hundred thousand. And does that person ever like con- uh, contact you or, or something? And, and after they see it's worth 300,000 now or whatever, whatever that price is, if it's worth 200,000, like, man, you know, it's, it's still my mortgage. I want my house back. Anybody ever come at you like that? No, um, not saying they want their house back. Uh, I've had people say, you know, why haven't you sold the house by now or all kinds of stuff. And, and in my contract, it states um, buyer, meaning my, me, makes no promise of timeline guarantee of any time that this mortgage will be paid off or, the, or be sold. And, and I put that in writing. Um, it is what it is. But no, I've never had any person say they want their house back. It's just it's still in my mortgage. I'm like, we talked about this. You signed six different places saying that you're aware of what, of what the layman's terms are, what's happening, your mortgage, your credit. Um, and if anything, I've improved your credit by making this payment for the last seven and a half years, whatever it is. Um, it is what it is, man. Some people, we bought 50 some houses. We've had about three people that a few months into it, they, they, if they didn't read the six times that they signed by it or whatever the case may be, but they're not happy that their credit, the mortgage is on their credit. And I understand that. I totally understand it. But we talked about this in person, talked about it on the phone. We talked about it on the computer. We signed here and here and there. You had your attorney look it over. You took it to JAG. All I can do is explain to you before you sign. But once you give me your house, because when you give me your house, you didn't just give me your house, you give me your problems. And they, they don't want to talk about that. It's not. It's not all sexy and clean and glamorous. That I get problem houses, and and I turn them into to glamorous homes. But when I first get them, the reason I got your house because there was a problem, Ms. You know, ma'am, sir. There was a problem. It wasn't like it was all great because it was great. You would have sold your house, hmm. or you would have kept living in it. So there's always that fine line of I helped you, <clears throat> but now they want things their way. That doesn't happen a lot. That like I said, three out of fifty. Give or, and I'm okay with those odds. It is what it is. All, all I can do as, a, as an investor, especially as a creative financing investor, is be meticulous with record keeping and put everything out there in the open. Man, we signed so many documents stating what we're doing out in the open. That's all I can do. As two adults doing a, a, a transaction, all we can do is be upfront and put everything in writing. If, if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it truthfully every time. If you don't like the answer, then don't, then don't do this transaction. But you like the fact of having this problem off your shoulders. You like the fact of not having to deal with this $1,200 a month mortgage because you're out of state now. So take the good with the bad. And that was, that's a very low percentage of people. Most people are like happy 
Thank you, Adam. I got people give me reviews. Uh, this guy came in and he took all of our problems off. Uh, those I got reviews like that because I help families. I've, I've helped families avoid foreclosure. I've helped families avoid bankruptcy. Um, and they're very grateful and very thankful. And we continue helping families. We're not in this. I, I always say it must be a win-win situation. If I'm getting the upper hand and you're getting nothing out of it, well, I have to walk away. I won't feel good about it. That's, that's unethical, period. It's unethical. It's got to be mutually beneficial. And everything we've done every at the time, very mutually beneficial. Um, it's just that, like I said, some people three, three or four months down the road, they, I don't know what happens. I don't know. They want their cake and eat it too, I guess. Mm, I yeah. guess that's because I've caught their mortgage up now, now they want to complain about stuff, but, but they weren't complaining when they were $4,500 behind. And there was, uh, you know, the whole, shower had to come out because of whatever you know what i'm saying like there's problems i got your house because there was a problem not because everything was was great uh, yeah i guess if if they're you know letting their houses get, get in that shape they probably they're probably not doing too good at other aspects of their life i would imagine that's, and that's yes uh that, that's a different that's a psychological aspect that we could talk about uh a financial psychological aspect um that's that's a little bit different but I see it. I'm sure you, we all see it dealing with certain type of people. It is what it is, man. And, and there's not a, there's lots of people out there that don't understand finances. And unfortunately, fortunately, but unfortunately in the military, if you have a pulse and a uniform, you can get a VA loan. You don't have to be good at anything. You don't have to read the damn document that you sign. If you're, if you're breathing and you wear a uniform, the VA will give you a loan. It's that mm. simple. Mm. Wow. I'll go ahead, Steve. Oh, real quick. So let's dive into some of the some of the crazy stories or some of the biggest mistakes you made doing uh, when you jumped into this, um, you know, creative financing world. Yeah, man. So um, the very first house I bought was a, was um, I made a mistake. Um, so so starting getting into subject two, one, I was very nervous because I didn't have uh, we're always a little bit nervous. Our first our first offer, the first offer you ever made, you had to be a little bit anxious. And I, as as was I. With this being such a, a unique way to buy homes, I knew I was I had to educate my seller just like I was I had just got educated a couple of days prior, like what is going on, what is happening. So I had that going against me with my nerves and that kind of stuff, and I wasn't the best at negotiating on day one. Long story short, we identified that there was about four four thousand dollars of rehab uh, foundation repairs that need to be done. I took the house as it is, all closing, all everything, and I ate that $4,000 on day one. Knowing what I know now and how I structure my deals now, I would have structured what, so she would have paid me that $4,000 on a promissory note over the next probably 12, uh, seven or eight months. Um, and I, I would have had her cash me out uh, the full amount, whatever was had not been paid to that point when she got her income taxes in. Mm. I've, I've, I've gotten really good. So a good strategy I've gotten with any kind of buying house is subject to is anything that any kind of deficiency, a couple thousand dollars, even, even back payment on mortgage. If I front it, you're going to pay me back. I'm not, I'm not putting myself in a bad position to help you out when you didn't help yourself. So if I front 3,500, 2,000, whatever it is to catch up that mortgage, you're going to pay me back on a promissory note. You can pay me back $150 a month for five months. But when February the 15th comes around, you're going to cash me out. That strategy alone, it helps everybody out. They're not paying, you know, 10% closing costs by trying to sell it the real, the, the traditional way. They're not paying that three or $4,000 up front to catch back up. Nope. 
they're paying me. So it could have been fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, all cost included. They're paying me three thousand dollars over the next six or seven months and using their income tax to, to finalize the to zero out the balance. It's a win-win, man. They love that. I love that. Uh, it helps them in, in a tough spot, and it, it's not instant. They're not instantly bleeding. A little hundred dollars a month is not that bad, and you can cash me out on, like I said, in February, and uh, that's been that's been very beneficial. I love how you timed it for for getting their tax refund. That's oh, I know. Genius. Yeah, well, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, because you have to consider everything when you're being creative. You have to consider the time of year when school's out, when Christmas is coming. You have to consider all those things because. Me as a business owner, I don't give a damn about any of those days personally. For me, I work 24-7. If the, if the business needs me on, on Christmas Day, I'm going to be working if I have to. That's just how it is. The average person does not think like that. The average person has their birthday months. I'm like, what the hell is that? Your whole month? You're going to celebrate your whole month? Like, we have to go work. Um, but anyway, so, so we're different. We're different. I'm different from a lot of people. Um, but you have to consider all things when, when you're trying to negotiate um, what buttons to kind of push, what, what are those um, you know, what, 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 what's an emotional trigger to help somebody out? And that's, that's what we do. That's negotiating one-on-one, man. Just find that trigger, find that pain point. And money is always a pain point when subject, it's always money. It's, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. nothing else. It's always money. That's always a pain point. And we got to figure out how we can get this money, how we can work it out. So that's mutually beneficial. That yeah. ladies and gentlemen is called never splitting the difference right there. <laughs> I love how you just broke that all the way down, man. Yeah, you figure out how they pay you back. Now, because uh, basically you're solving their problem. I like how you said, hey, yep. I'll have them pay me back because if you think about it, they already have a $1,200 mortgage that they're struggling with, paying you $150 a month. That's, that ain't nothing. Yep. So how do you, now how do you find a subject to, subject to client to client? Like, hey, I know this house will be good subject to, or how do you go and find someone that needs help? Like on my bird deals, I go and do cold calls. How do you do man- so first, I was putting out bandit signs all over the city. Uh, I did that for about uh, six, seven months. And then literally, I say this, those stupid Facebook, we buy houses things, that works. I'm Adam Johnson, Crossville, Tennessee. We buy houses. I, I tell realtors, I'll buy the houses you can't sell. I'll buy the houses that won't sell. I'll buy the houses that won't pass inspection. I'll buy the houses that won't pass a VA inspection. I will buy the houses. I'll buy the houses that, that are about to expire on your six-month um, little agreement with the seller. I will buy those houses and I'll pay you a thousand dollars if you give me the lead and I can close on it. That damn simple. So most probably the last man, I only only the first three or four houses I went I went hard marketing. I'm sorry, I went hard like knocking on doors and trying to find stuff. After that, everybody calls me. Everybody calls me. They call me directly. Hey, we saw you on Facebook. They'll they'll instant uh, PM me or whatever. Um, a realtor will call me. A realtor will will say uh, a person will call and say, hey. My realtor said that you can buy houses, blah, blah, blah. You can maybe can help my family out. Here's your situation. And I'm just like, yep, let's take notes. They find me because of fa- social media and doing those stupid Facebook posts and Instagram. That stuff works, man. <laughs> it <laughs> works. It, it's corny. It's cheesy, but it works. Man, that's, that's, that's badass right there. Um, man, any other crazy horror stories doing subject to any, anything comes to mind? Yeah, uh, we got a call from another investor um, said, hey, Adam, uh, there's this house. It's not for us. We don't know what to do with them. When we pulled up to the house, the homeowners were there. I couldn't go inside. It stunk so bad. Mm. Could not walk inside. It was three bedroom house, 1100 square foot. The previous family, the homeowner had his sister-in-law 
who had 26 pits in that house. <laughs> some of which had died in oh that house. God, when I said I couldn't walk in there. Long story short, we asked a certain couple questions. They had the money. The investor they called me never asked these questions. The guy was happy. The guy paid me ten thousand dollars to take his house. I'm not making that up. <laughs> the guy paid me ten thousand dollars to take his house. We fixed the house up. Um, it took a lot of odor. Uh, was it odor odor machine like three or four times? And we we had uh, we had kills the entire house. Put paint over the kills. Like we did everything. But he he paid for it. He paid for all of it. It's now an Airbnb, and it's it, it nets about twenty two hundred dollars a month. Who? And no one's ever complained about the smell after that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, just creative, man. I, I, we try to find, try to see the light in every opportunity. There's only been there's only been about two times where I'm like, I. I, I can't help you. I don't even know where to send you. Like I don't even know what option you have right now because so many things you just said, I'm sorry. Like I've only said that twice. Like I'm sorry. I don't have anything. But most of the time, either I can help you, I can refer you to a realtor, I can refer you to a contractor who can fix that for a, a decent price. I try to give everybody at least an option, whether it's with me or without me, some way to help them. Question: What are what are one of those situations where you like, bro? You got to go somewhere else. I can't help you. Like, what what's something you've run across? Man, uh, it was a house that that they had just refinanced, uh, mm-hmm. like three or four months prior. Put out all the equity. There's no equity, um, and of course they'd put none of that money back into the house. Of course, that, there was two new cars sitting out front. Of course they didn't do that. Why would they put money <laughs> back into their house? Um, and there's lots of damage in the house. That kind of stuff. Um, and from what they told me, they actually owed like 13000 more than the house is worth. At, at that point, I'm like, sir, I'm sorry. What you just said, I, I have no options for you. Because I can't even refer you to a realtor. You can't sell that house. Mm-hmm. I, I said, if I'm you, sir, I would I, I go find me a renter <laughs> and, and, and wait for that house to appreciate. That's going to be years. That was probably seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, it would have it taken him six or seven years to be able to appreciate, to cover his expenses and sell that house. Man, so you just talked about something. So I had no equity. What do you look for in a house that'll make it sub two? Does it have to have equity? What, what are you looking for? Low equity, low, low or no equity. And I'm okay with that. Low mm-hmm. or no equity. The, the majority of the homes we bought had no equity at the time of purchasing. And I'm okay with that because, because my, my, here's, here's my evaluation. Will this house, can I market it over 30%? If my, if my mortgage is 1,000, can I get 1,300 for rent? That's my easy, duck soup simple formula 30 percent rule so i don't give a damn about equity if they bought because i bought houses that were five months old they just built them but the people for whatever reason got in over their head i have bought new houses on subject two so <laughs> wow. no no equity no, no equity at all i have i got a couple i got a couple damn near new houses on subject two so move in ready but no equity and i'm okay with that because they cash flow instantly so that so so the majority of my homes are low equity or no equity. Um, a lot of them are uh, they're the three bed, two bath houses. So families have outgrown those houses. And and I made a joke in a seminar last week in a military town. We're really good at making humans. Like we're, we're going to procreate. And a lot of times <laughs> we, we make too many for that house. So I bought a lot of houses because they just outgrew the house. There's too many damn babies. Like they just keep making babies. Uh, so yeah. So you have that. You have people that lost their jobs. You have people that. Um, but we bought houses. People just want to. They just want to upgrade. Like, 
they had this house for 10 months. They just want something bigger. I'm like, cool, I'll take it. And we've done that. Uh, I think I got two of those. They just wanted to upgrade. They just, I don't know why. I don't, I don't care. They, that's their prerogative. I'll be happy to take over this house. And we, we still have those today as well. So I'm sorry, low equity, family situation, job loss, um, repairs, as, I, as I've talked about, you know, the uh, homeowners may not have the four or 5,000 to, to do the repairs that need to be done. So that therefore it won't pass the VA inspection, that, that type of stuff. So let me help you. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll put the four or 5,000 into it. You can pay me back, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll move forward. So, so on a house, it's like moving ready, right? And the guy just perched it. You get it off his hands. Yep. What do you offer him? Like, do you just give him cash or? Nope. Nothing. There's no, nothing. He just, he's willing to just walk away. He just yes. put a down payment. Man, I doubt it. No, no, no. No down payment because it was a VA loan. Zero down. Oh. I'm telling you, if you're breathing, if you're breathing and have a damn military ID card, you get a VA loan. Oh, I yep. see. Yep. That's Lots a those. good play right there, man. Yeah, because they ain't lost no money anyway. They ain't putting no money down to get the house. They just walking away. Hey, Adam's yep. going to pay for it. Dang. 100%. That's how that goes. Yes, sir. Mm. That's like the old school, you know, car for sale on the Craigslist takeover payments, you know, kind yes. of thing. That's exactly mm. what it is. Takeover payments. That's exactly what it is on a giant asset. It's going to appreciate instead of depreciate. And, and then it's interesting how you say you look for houses with low or no equity, which is mm. most most people that, you know, that are flippers or wholesalers or even, you know, subject to or whatever, they always say they want a house with, with equity, but you're, you're going the totally opposite way. So, so Steve, here's, here's why I do what I do. The first year I was in business, I got at least a hundred phone calls of people, similar situation. You know, they, they, they had to move, they, they, they need to sell their house in the next month or two, but they, but they bought it a year ago. So me being a conventional investor thinking all I knew how to do was flip houses. I, I flipped like two or three, not a lot, but I'm saying that's what my mind was thinking was equity. As you just said, man, I turned away a hundred people that could have at least resulted in eight or nine houses that I could have purchased, maybe more, but mm. I didn't know how to monetize those phone calls. So I started talking to other investors in the area. They, they mentioned subject to, I'm like, what the hell is that? When I talked to my attorney, he had done some sub two deals for other investors. He, uh, I bought my documents from him. He schooled me up on it. And as I said, I went and bought that first house sub two. I was anxious. I was nervous when I talked to her, the, the seller. She said, yes. On the inside, I was like, no freaking way. She said, yes. <laughs> on the outside, I was cool. I'm like, okay. I shook her hand, got up, walked out like, like I'd done this a thousand times. <laughs> that wasn't the case. Uh, so yeah, mm. I, I didn't know how to monetize those phone calls. Didn't know what to do with them. Now, every phone call comes in. I may not be able to monetize it for me, but I can help them. I know people that can help. I know I have an answer for most callers of, of an option for them. But those first hundred, I know what the hell to tell them. They, they had no equity. Even a realtor couldn't sell it for them and without them coming out of pocket. Man, that's that's funny. And, and, and you see, like, and I, I remember my early days in real estate and, you know, some somebody would hear that I have a rental property and this turned oh, my my cousin or my uncle's got one. He's trying to get I don't know how to, I don't know how to do anything with it. Right now I have, you know, at least a, a, a couple plans, but, yep. but yeah, it sucks. Cause you, the, for the early days, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, man. I, I was a one trick pony. Didn't know what to do with anything. See, and right. I'm happy you said that run trick pony, man. You got to have that real estate tool belt. That's what I you tell do. you all the time. You got to have a real estate tool belt. hundred percent. Like you, so I, I tell my students, like, I do believe in niche. I believe in niching down to being the best at one thing. And I believe in that, but also believe in knowledge of, like you said, having more tools in your tool belt because I'm not the best wholesaler, but if someone calls me and I, and I identify that's a wholesale deal right there, 
I'm jumping on it. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping on it. I'm not the best. It ain't it ain't my cup of tea, but I know how to do it, and I'm gonna do it. There you go. But subject to, I'm the best at that. I'm damn good at that, and I I believe I'm the best at that. See I what I said. I said what I said. I believe I'm the best. That's awesome. <laughs> do you do you see this working? Like uh, for over here, for example, um, condos and townhomes. You see it working in, in that in that arena too? Yes. Uh, I, I know. I don't have any. But I know investors that do have sub two uh, townhomes. Yes. And the now, HOA doesn't have anything to do with that transaction. That that's going to be independent. Uh, that's going to be per HOA guidelines as far as the D and transferring. I, I can't speak from experience, okay. Steve. So I'm not going. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I know, I know investors that do have sub two condos. Now the intricacies, I don't know. Okay, that's what I need to know because I'm getting some of those. Um, opportunities and I, I and I was always I, don't, I thought you could only do that with houses. I didn't know you could do it with condos and townhomes. I know a realtor that sub to a quadplex. Oh damn! Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, damn. I said, yes, yes, she did. Sub to a complex, a, a quadplex. Yes, and, and, and already had tenants in it. Yes. Jeez. Mm. Creativity, yeah. man. Creativity. <laughs> now that's. Another story I like of yours that we talked about in the first episode is, is what was your big epiphany to go uh, to the direct booking side of things instead of just trusting, trusting hundred percent it's Airbnb. What was the, your big epiphany and how did you go about getting to the, the high percentage of direct bookings? The big epiphany was we had a single point of failure and that was Airbnb. Um, we were at their mercy 100%. It, it took me, it was hard for me to understand the business and the economics of that. That was not my client. That was Airbnb's client. Not only was it not my client, it wasn't my booking. Airbnb owned that booking as well. Mm. Not only did they own the booking, but they owned everything, including except for the house. So even my house rules, if they if they wanted to overlook that or or not, you know, not approve or whatever, Airbnb had all rights to that. So um, my wife, she's the genius. She's the one that uh, uh, she Danny Rustin, who was a prior Airbnb um, employee, he wrote a book. Um, like optimize your Airbnb. She, she read that and mm-hmm. he mentioned hostfully and some of the ups, some of the great things and that kind of stuff. Um, so she looked into hostfully. We got on there, didn't like it, did not like it at all at first, didn't like it at all. Cause I, and I didn't even understand how the channel manager worked. Work. So I literally had hostfully independent, Airbnb independent, VRBO independent. So I think we had like 15 units at that time, 15 houses. So I did 45 corrections every time. I went to individual, <laughs> individual. Every time I updated something, it was 45 different things. Damn. Um, but so the epiphany was I had a single point of failure and I controlled nothing. Mm. We had started uh, direct, uh, direct booking about six or seven months before COVID hit. When COVID hit, Airbnb took all everybody's bookings, including March 13th, 2020. I'll never forget it. My calendar was wiped clean, as mm. most of ours were. I knew how to grind. I got on the phone. I started calling it. I called everybody. And about it took about mm, five, six days. And I had my calendar filled back up with, with the rent bookings. They were low prices. And I did a little video about that. I said, right now with COVID, at, at the time, I wasn't even concerned with profitability. I just had to pay bills. You know, I, I, I was in survival mode versus trying to be the, the most profitable. And, and uh, no, we, we had bills to pay as, as everybody else did. So, I'm glad. I'm happy. My wife had the understanding that we need to do the direct booking. She started it. I've taken it over. Um, I manage all that now, and I'm. I could not be more happy, at least with that aspect, to get away from Airbnb. We're about we're around 50-50 right now with Airbnb versus direct booking. I want to be nothing. I want to be all 
Burbo or direct booking. I I hate Airbnb. I hope you got that on camera. I hate them, man. Me I too. You ain't the only one, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't stand them, man. I, as I was telling you, Micah, with the with the two bad guests, two or three bad guests we had this last two months, Airbnb didn't do a damn thing, sided with them. The only one that lost was me. Mm. And, that's, and that's one thing I tell people, man. When you have direct booking guests, they are better guests. They're just better yes. guests because they're willing to accept your house rules. They and they're they know they can be charged a security deposit, not the fake stuff Airbnb charges, and they're yes. willing to pay it. If they're yes. willing to pay it, they're gonna take care of your property. Yes. So you know, man, that, yeah, that's the truth. And, so, and they they can't do that thing where they can plant some cockroaches around your house and get a free stay. <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it. Um, I don't play those games. Man. I, I've heard those stories. Thank God, uh, we have not had that happen to us. Thank God. Man, but, Actually, even oh worse, we simply had a person walk in and said they they they'd ask us questions about having a party. We told them no, so they checked in and said they smell mold. <laughs> Smelled mold. Before I ever got an alert from Airbnb, they had checked out, got a full refund and everything. Nothing wrong with the house. There's no mold ever, but because they didn't get their way, they said we smell mold and got a full refund. And this happened before, because Airbnb is supposed to give you 24 hours, right? They're supposed to notify you of any deficiency so you can go in and fix it. Man, my, I'm like, why, what happened to that house? Why is my calendar, why is it white right now? Yeah, that, I, I hate Airbnb. I, I mean that. Boy, I mean that. I mean that. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, I mean that. <laughs> I don't hate a lot of stuff. I hate Airbnb. I mean that. No question, man. So you're up to 50%. That is great, by the way, man. Yeah, ish. Yep. Okay. So how are you advertising so people are coming to you directly? So the big thing is is, uh, getting people from Airbnb. So uh, they don't, Airbnb does not mind you putting your links into their message threads after they book. So, So as you check out, you get the checkout instructions or the day before you check out, you get checkout instructions from us. And it says, hey, to save 27% on your next day, book with us directly using this link. Bam. And they do. Wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Let's go back. You just hit uh, a big one right there. Hold on. You, you're telling them after they book and ready to check out, hey, you can book with us direct straight on the Airbnb app? Yes. Yes. <sighs> on the so, so we use um, uh, uh, like hospitable.com or one of those is our messaging app. Yeah, yeah. okay. Automates that stuff, right? So all, we have all those automated messages to go in. So, um, the, so the day before you check out, leave my house, you get the checkout instruction of cleaning stuff. And oh, by the way, as I said, to save 27% on your next day, use this app, book with us directly, blah, blah, blah. Bam. And my phone number. And that works because everybody wants to save money. Mm-hmm. So get the same house for less price. No mm. brainer. No brainer. Mm. And we, we make, we make the same or a little bit more than we would, than we would as an Airbnb, having an Airbnb client, but because we don't have those service fees and, and the taxes are a little bit different, they save money. We make a little bit more money, but we control the entire process. And that's what it's about. It ain't about the money for me. It's about controlling the thing, controlling mm-hmm. the process. That's more important than making a few extra dollars. That's Man, great. that was beautiful. You mentioned something real quickly. You just slipped it in there. It was like use hospitable for the for the messaging. So that's this is the big thing because you know hospitable. I guess it started as a messaging thing. It turned into like a PMS, but but um. So we got into it as like a PMS. So my buddy Federico, you know, uses it for uh, as our as our PMS property management software, and um. 
so he the only thing he we want to shift to hospital i mean we want to shift to um hostfully but he's he said he's going to miss some of those you know those those automatic messages that that mm. hospitable is so good at so how are you able to use both hostfully has the same thing yep they, they have their own uh, templates, their own triggers, uh, and then you can add your custom as well. And we've, we've added all those customers. So everything that my Airbnb guests get, my hostly guests get the same stuff, the same messaging, the same discount codes, the same everything, the same check that after you check in, you get a, hey, just check on your stay. You know, hope you have a five-star experience. If you need any, have any questions, let me know, blah, blah, blah. That little, those little touch points. Mm-hmm. My hostly guests get the same touch points as my Airbnb guests get. Okay, but you did mention hospitable. How, how do you use utilize hospitable? I thought so you said hospitable. Hospitable was called something else when it was just a messaging. Hospitable.com, I believe, bought, I can't think of what it is right now, of what that, that messaging platform is. There was a platform that's only messaging. That was its I know only what it was. life. I can't remember what it was you right was now. Talking about, uh, I know what you're talking about. It changed its name to hospitable. It, it was did. Uh, Smart BNB. There you go. Smart BNB. Yeah. Smartbnb.io, smartbnb.io. Yes, that's what it was. I guess hospitable bought them. So right now, if you if you click in your URL, smartbnb.io, it will re uh, it will put you on hospitable.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I I know nothing about hospitable.com as a PMS. I know nothing about that. I've only used them as smartbnb as the messaging app uh, for all that kind of stuff. And and yeah, that's 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 what we've used. Smartbnb.io turned to hospitable.com. Hospitable.com we use that as the messaging platform for, to automate all of our messaging. And we took those same templates from smartbnb.io to put them into Hostfully. Same templates, same trigger points. Oh, same everything. nice, nice, my, nice. My Hostly guests get the same experience as my Airbnb guests get when it comes to communication. So you don't have to pay for both of them. You don't have to pay for Hospitable and, and um, Hostfully? I You're do done? Because, I do because Hospitable talks to VRBO and Airbnb. And it has a little bit more capability than Hostly because you got to remember Hostly did not start out as messaging being their main thing. So that was an addition. They're not the best at that. They're good. Okay. It does work. It is sufficient for what you need. Smart BNB or hospitable.com, the messaging stuff is way more capable. It can, it can uh, catch keywords, uh, trigger words, and, and send out like, for example, what's your pet policy? I can put in there when you see the word pet, they'll send an automatic message saying two pet max, $49 pet fee, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Hostly does not have the capability for those trigger words, at least not yet that we've experienced. So if Hostly had the capabilities and Hostly would talk to Airbnb and VRBO, I would wipe away the other one. I would work just with Hostly. As of right now, I have no problem paying for both because the hospital, hospitable.com is is so much better at the messaging aspect than what hostly has to date they, mm. they're going to continue making improvements for what they're not there yet and messaging is super uh, crucial critical critical yeah so it's worth the uh, 170 bucks a month or whatever yep. they charge without a doubt cool that was that was at the crossroads where i was like man we, we, we don't want to leave that you know they're great at messaging we don't want to leave that behind and jump on yep. this one but now i didn't know you could use them both in conjunction yep yep so so the the smart bnb talks to vrbo and airbnb Hostly has its own trigger messaging, and it does it does the same same function, just separate. Nice, nice, cool, man. So, man. so yeah, so so man, he's dropping some gems. How my Max dropping some gems. I love that one <laughs> in the thread. I ain't done that yet, man. And and another thing, real quick, man, because the re, the re thing you bring about the thread that was a perfect, you know, 
time to put your link in there. And I'm starting to see people now. I don't know if you guys have experienced experimented with this. People are putting their links and phone numbers in the pictures now. Yes. I, and now have you done that? Yes. My phone. Um, we get people all the time. They'll call me from Airbnb. They see my number and they'll call me. I'll get them. I'll give them direct book all the damn time. And they don't um, mind want, it being in your phone, in your pictures. It's not in my picture. I want to say, um, I want to say it's, it's, it's in, it's in one of the subcategories on your, on your, when you're filling out your stuff on Airbnb, you can put your phone number in there. They don't scramble it out and it's there right now. When this is over, I'll shoot you a text. I'll, I'll find it. And I'll, I'll send Steve on Facebook Messenger. I'll, I'll find that stuff for you and where it is for us. You should be doing that. You should be doing that. Mm, uh, okay. I got it. Yeah. It, it, it does. I may get one or two a month that will, because who, how many Airbnb guests read anything? You, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. So the few that do read, they will call me and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, does this house have a fenced backyard? I'm like, yes, it does. And actually, since you got me on the phone, you can book us to Airbnb or you can have the same house for about 27% less. And here's what we do, blah, blah, blah. I get into my sales pitch. And that's a better guest anyway, because you know they're reading the house. They're rooms. reading. Exactly. <laughs> I want them. I want yeah. you. I, I want you in my house. I, I, I guess the, uh, the, the argument I hear against going direct bookings and why some people say, oh, I'm just 100% Airbnb is because they got that million dollar insurance policy. No, they don't. No. <laughs> Sure don't. You, you can't. You can't get seven dollars for a towel from Airbnb. <laughs> I don't want a million dollars. I'm telling you. So, uh, Steve, I've heard the same argument many times, and, and my rebuttal to that is one: as I just said, you can't bet on Airbnb giving you anything. But two, we all have proper insurance. We have STR insurance. So if we have to make a claim, we can. Now, this past weekend, we had a guy check out and did some did some bad stuff, and he was a direct guest, which is very rare. And I own the entire process. And I just simply say, here's the pictures. Here's the invoice. You have an hour to pay or we're doing a, a police report. And oh, I got your driver license. We'll come find you. That, that simple. Because I controlled the process. It was mine. I didn't have to go through Airbnb, wait for them to do their 48-hour policy, have somebody call me back from India, all the extra stuff. <laughs> I didn't want any of that stuff, man. Damn. Hey, nope. man, I, somebody, a direct booking guest, moved all my furniture, had hair everywhere, charged him $300. He didn't complain. Went on the next guest. On to the next one. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, hey, Steve, the, the best thing, the best thing about, uh, or one of the best things about Hostly is reviews. It's only on your site, and on, if, if someone leaves something un, unfavorable, you can change it. You can write your own damn review if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to love it, bro. I'm done. I'm, when I, when I, I wait. When I saw the uh, that review, lady, it was like she gave it, she gave us a five star, but she said something bad about uh, like she wanted more towels. I'm like, cool, no big deal. And I was just happened to have my little mouse. I was running around. I touched in. I, I was clicking stuff, and I noticed that my cursor was in the box. I started typing, and it started typing, and I saved it. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can write my own review. I don't do that, by the way. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you had a negative review, you just erase it. You can just delete the review like it never happened. I'm just saying that's that's because I control it. It's my process. Oh man, that's beautiful right there. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was a happy. That was a happy accident finding that one out. And so, and so you're you're really happy with because I always heard that um when PMSs uh do uh offer um a website right they offer some kind of direct booking website that's not the best 
is 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 that true or do you are you satisfied with it with how it looks and how they they made it i i i am um I, you know i i, I think it cost me three thousand a year we have 23 properties on it it does its function could it be nicer cleaner neater yes um but i'm not advertising luxury i'm not advertising luxury i'm advertising um clean comfortable homes i'm not you saying luxury uh, site that kind of stuff so and, and I'll send you my link too, Steve. I don't know if you've seen my link. I'll send you my link so you can see what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and even within that, you, I think they have uh, a few templates. It's, it's better than I could ever do. It's better than I could ever manage. They have a customer support team because I don't know anything about that internal stuff with the computers and websites and links and that kind of stuff. For me, it's great. Now, you may have somebody that knows all about computers and like, this is stupid. I can make it better and go for it. For me, it works perfectly. So you have to pay 3000 a year for to use the direct booking yeah. website? Yep. Oh, man. That we got a link. Well, well, he has check it out. properties. Yeah, but let's check check it out. We Remember who we interviewed a few weeks ago, Mr. Mark um, Mark from England. What's his oh, name? Oh, yeah. You may want to look into Boostly. Uh, yeah, Boostly. Boostly. Boostly.co.uk. We'll, we'll send you the link too. Okay. Bet. But they make, I mean, beautiful ones. And they, they work with uh hostfully, they'll work with whatever uh, PMS is out there, and they'll and they'll they'll make you a beautiful direct booking site. And it costs it costs around, you know, maybe close to 4K, but it's only one time price, right? Really? Yeah, you don't oh, have to pay 4K every year or whatever. But, but and, what's the what's the support though? I, I need support. What's the you know what I'm saying? I need, oh, I they need... have they have the chat box. Oh, you mean you mean like support from a VA or something? What do you what do you mean? From him, customer service, because because there's going to be issues at some point. I'm going to have to contact somebody behind yeah, the scenes to fix something. Yeah, these guys are great, man. They're, whatever you need, they're, they're on it right away. It's a small startup kind of thing, but they're I mean, it's boostly.co.uk. We'll no, get it. We'll Boostly get the link. Ain't small. He's huge. I okay. I'm almost certain. I think he does Rachel Gainsborough's. Okay. He's the one who does all those big luxury houses. So the dude's legit. Like, yeah, it, okay. it would be good to have. I didn't even think about that. That's a good one, Steve. Because okay. yeah, if he's charging you three thousand one time, and he'll integrate with your PMS. That's crazy. I, I don't even know how that's possible. That's how much I don't understand about computers. I don't know how they, how they would integrate inside hosts. I have no idea. But yes, mm -hmm. I'm, I will be calling this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Simpson, man. Tell him we sent you. And uh, here's the thing. Okay, hear me out though. Here's the thing. Okay. If it integrates within Hostly, Hostly still has to be operational. That's still mm -hmm. three thousand a year, though. That's still that's still that three thousand a year. Oh, hold on! You're not paying. You're paying. I see what he's saying. So, you're paying hostfully three thousand a year for a direct booking website, PMS, and everything else, right? Everything, channel manager, oh, everything. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. It does every. It does. It does every. It's my. It's my focal point right now. It would be a sunk cost, kind of, because you would just be paying for the website, and then you yeah. still would be paying the other three thousand. Yeah, I'll look into it because I'll look into it. Yeah, I I, I always I I believe in hiring people that's smarter than me to fix stuff I can't fix. So I I will find somebody. Uh, I got a lady that uh, my social media manager. She she made my um my uh, website, mm -hmm. so she knows all that kind of stuff. So I, I'll get with her about that as well. I'm all about using people that are smarter than me. Like use them resources, man. Mm. Yeah. Mark Simpson from Boostly, yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm definitely gonna be moving over to him as well. I'm right so, yeah, down. Legit. Yeah, man. No, another great episode. I'm glad you were able to hop on. One thing I need to touch on, which when we go back to subject two, real quickly, real quickly, okay. no is is the most feared words in, in real estate: the do on sell clause. Mm -hmm. 
How do you handle that? If it has it ever come up, how do you handle it? So one time, Wells Fargo called me one time and uh, about to do on sale clause and threatening to call the note due or foreclose. And I, I'm, I'm as honest to to attorneys and banks as I am to anybody else. I said it was because so Wells Fargo had their attorney call me. And I said, sir, the reason I have this house is because the original homeowner couldn't afford it. I said, um, I, I caught the mortgage back up. I've made every payment in full for the last 13 months. And I'm going to continue making every payment in full. On top of that, you and I both know if you foreclose on this house, it's going to be vacant for 12 to 18 months. That's 12 to 18 months of no payments. And you have to go back to tell your shareholders that you're losing money on this house. So it's in everybody's best interest to let me continue making payments on this house in full on the first until I decide to sell it. I still have that house today. So I just, I just attack it. I address it truthfully up front and that was it. And that's another thing I do tell people, man, yeah, that do on sale clause, these banks about making money, man. They ain't about to be, if you're Bro, paying the note, man, they don't, give I, they don't care who pays the note. I, here's what I tell people. If you pay my light bill, I won't be mad. I don't give, I don't give a damn who pays it. I'm telling you, man. And that's how the banks are. For real. Like, I like this one thing weird about me, like, I don't ever hide my passwords to like my energy bill or anything. I'm like, I'm like if you want to steal that password and go pay that bill, that's, up to you. that's your business, bro. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> pay a light bill, man. I'm For real. real. I've been I, like that. I was like, shit, I'll tell you my password to all my bills. You can log into that and shit. <laughs> Steve, I, I, Steve, I'll tell you this, Steve. So I got like 11 house, 11 mortgages with Penny Mac, right? Penny Mac sees in their system my, my name and my business checking account on all 11 of those properties. Ain't nobody ever calling me. They don't care. They're getting paid. Mm. They don't care. They're getting paid. And that's what's important. And what is your contingency in case, in, I don't know, in case they are yeah. hard ass about it? Not a problem, man. So for a bank to actually call the note due, there has to be a lot of equity. And at that point, I just simply refi. It's that simple. But but the 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 Wells Fargo phone call I got years ago, there was no more, there was no equity. So you want me to give you back this this dead house that you're going to continue losing money on or let me keep paying your mortgage? Mm. That's simple, man. Yeah, that's I, I've, I've heard that um, from this from this uh, real estate guy, refight till you die. I always heard that. And the reason and his reasoning is it's not a, it's not an attractive property for someone to try to take for you. So there's no nope. equity in it. Nope. So always keep pulling out all the equity. That's his and all yes. his properties. Refight till you die. That's how rich people live de- uh, uh, tax free. Because mm-hmm. every time you cash out refi, so we're looking to cash out refi about a million dollars. I can I can live on that. I can live on, I can live on that money for seven, eight, nine, ten years. And because it's a loan, it's not taxable. Ooh, that's a loan that my tenants gonna keep paying back for me. And then ten years later, I'm gonna do it again. And I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna do it again. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna refi till I die for real. Hell yeah, <laughs> man! Some good stuff here. Thanks again for hopping on, Adam Johnson. Where can people find you, sir? You guys can find me on YouTube at REI, which is Real Estate Investing, REI Simplified YouTube, or my website, reisimplified.co. Hit me up. I'm definitely going to be hitting you up about some sub, too. I got to hop in. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. (laughs) All right, man. Thank you for coming on again. It was good having you. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime. We're out. Later, man, dude, that was that was really good, bro. That was really yeah. good. I, I, I love, love that guy. Yeah, I love that sub two strategy. I got to learn how to do that after I finish this next burr. Next time I'm cold calling and door knocking, if something comes up and it's a sub two, sounds sub two ish. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely be uh definitely attacking that, man. But yeah, that 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 was that was tough, man. 
Yeah. Refight till you die, man. I'm uh... refight till you die. And what another thing, another cool thing that I heard about that refight till you die, you know, you pull you keep pulling out all the equity out of these houses, right? And then let's say and you and you have LLC in each house or whatever. Someone wants to sue you for whatever that house is worth, right? He mm-hmm. goes, this house ain't worth nothing. There's no equity in this house. What are you gonna What are you gonna take from this debt? <laughs> it makes it makes getting your ass sued a lot less attractive if you if you have all these um, assets that don't have any equity in them. What are they gonna sue you for? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Let me, uh, let me hit y'all with something on the refi till you die though, because this is how my mentor taught me. He said you should have a, you should have a certain amount of properties that are paid off in full, and that's your bank. So then you don't refi them. You pull the equity out in a line of credit. So that's your bank for the rest of your life. And then you go and take that line of credit, and you go get a bunch of houses, apartment complex, and you refinance those. And then they always have debt on them or whatever. And you keep like an umbrella shield policy on those ones that have your line of credit. That's another, that's just a way to retire. That's one thing I will tell you. You refi till you die after you have your bank. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to do it too, man. Have your bank. That's a good way, that's a good that's way to do it. I'm working on right now. I got to get, I'm, I need five more to have my bank. And then I'm paying those off. Line of credit. Refi till I die. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah, cool. yeah, Another great episode. Episode 201 in the books. Yes, sir, man. Where can, where can people find us? Crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, we can find us on Instagram. We're doing weekly uh, clubhouses Wednesday, 730. Find us on Instagram, Clubhouse, uh, Facebook. Join the Facebook group. Do not forget to join that Facebook group. A lot of good stuff going on in there. And uh, yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen. We had 201 episodes. This is crazy, man. We started off in Steve's little living room and with <laughs> <Jewish> rehearsed, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Steve had the blue truck, man, and now he got the family van. So, yeah. <laughs> I got a swimming pool. What's up? Right. There we go. <laughs> hey, man. Well, yeah, cool, thank man. y'all for continuing to listen, man. It's been a great ride. And, yeah, continue to roll with us. We are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.